hairs on my body started standing on end. Silent. Nothing there. I fought to get back into my body. You are going to be a vital importance of helping us convince the masses. Type 471. Type 471. Bridge to the other world. Bridge to the other world. Welcome to Type 471. I'm Sam Kitchen. Today, I am speaking with Miranda, an Australian woman who has had a number of Yowie encounters over the years. And, uh, well, I mean, just like with North American Sasquatch encounters, there is, once again, the woo factor, the woo aspect of her experiences. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to speaking with Miranda today. So, Miranda, good day. How you going? Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing fine. I uh, I never get to speak Aussie, so thank you for indulging me for a moment. No worries. All right. So if we can just start at the beginning of your experiences, um, what paint paint a picture for us? Like, tell me the the first experience you had and the the general location and all that stuff. Yeah, for me, uh, the first experience I had was out at a place, uh, it's a really, really big camping ground. I'm from Queensland, Australia, and I was only 11 years old and it was quite deep bush and I saw something. Well, at first, look, I thought it was like a monkey or a gorilla and it was underneath a log that had fallen on the creek, but the noise was bizarre. It was almost like it, it had like a chainsaw noise coming from whatever it was doing and it was crouched down. And it wasn't big either. This wasn't big. And basically being 11 years old, I crapped my pants as such and ran, ran, ran and ran. Wow. That's pretty intense. So what did this being look like? Oh, it looked black. I'm going with black fur and not, not huge. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a massive, massive one. And I couldn't actually see its face. It was basically back to me face down. It was doing something in the creek underneath the log. And also, this is really, really, really deep bush where we were camping in, like not an area where there were many people at all. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, what, what, yeah, I know this was really deep bush. Was this uh, mountainous terrain? Yes, yes. Very, very deep mountains, beautiful, crystal clear creeks. It's an absolutely amazing spot. But, thousands upon thousands of acres of forestry okay uh what time of year was this uh winter okay all right yeah but 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 you know the older i've got i was only 11 then the more research i did over the years it's basically known as a hot spot for like generations many many stories for that actual area Mm, yeah i bet that sounds like a familiar pattern um yeah well it it it's the same thing with with sasquatches and yowies i mean they they have these areas where where people tend to encounter them more often um all right so what what would come next what what is your next experience uh next experience is i was 15 on the sunshine coast that's where we live sunshine coast queensland 
And it's it's always near forestry. You don't really realise that till you think about it. But a friend and mine, we were doubling on a push bike, trying to get to a friend's house, typical teenagers, nine o'clock at night. And the most bizarre thing is we we saw this thing first in the sky and it, and it looked like a huge star, but it was almost too big to be a star. And it's like it was following us. And we were both silent because we were scared. We were in this forest where we thought we'll just keep walking as fast as we could and get out of there, get on the bike. So we got on this push bike together and we we're coming about a two kilometre forestry road, pitch black dark. And then beside us in the bush, all we could hear was something moving as fast as us on the bike, you know, really large in stature, ground moving, trees crashing, just absolutely terrified. And of course, you know, we made it home in one piece and just sat there going, oh my God. But that was my second, what the F was that? Right. Um, so the, uh, the, the, we'll call it a UFO that you saw in the sky. And then you believe that there were also Yowies present in the bush? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Okay. Definitely. And, you know, and my best friend, we're still friends now. I'm 38. Um, we still relive the story because, believe it or not, my mum has gone and bought property near where this happened. And every time we, we go there, we both look at each other and remember that night. Oh, well, that's cool that your that your mom bought property yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. I haven't I haven't even told her that story, but we want to relive it. Like we want to go out and walk there in the night together, but we we haven't. You know, kids always make things too busy for us. Oh, certainly, yeah. I can hear the little ones in the in the background. I'm sure you're <laughs> very very busy. <laughs> yeah, but but that that was the second. And I mean, and then it, it gets to, you know, back on the Sunshine Coast again at my own home where I live. Uh, my husband, back when we were 19, he saw something step out in front of the car one night. He described it at after midnight, bigger than him. He's six foot two. And he said it was tall and it was hairy and it took a step out on the road and then it quickly reversed back in the bush. And it took him days to speak about it. He didn't even believe in anything like that. And he was he was white as a ghost when he walked in the front door. I see. Yeah. Uh, that that uh I, I I can certainly appreciate that. Yeah, he, he was he was embarrassed and also shocked. Yeah, but I mean I can just keep giving you more and more. Oh yeah. Well I'll take it. I'll take more and more. The next one at our actual house, um, we're on about 40 acres here and we're riverfront on the Sunshine Coast and we have old Queenslanders, that's what the houses are called here and they're high up, they used to build them high so the floods can come under them, kind of on stumps and we heard this massive, massive stepping out behind our house, like heavy, you know, you can feel the ground move and then we heard something run two feet over the top of our roof and then it's almost like it leaped onto we've got a shed about 100 metres away onto the shed roof and then we all woke up, we ran outside and we have a cat enclosure for the rescue cats and all the cats were holding onto the wire with their backs up and they were all urinating. They were that frightened. Oh, wow. When you say... Yeah. When you say rescue cats, are these domestic cats, just regular, yeah, ha regular yes. house cats? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, domestic, yeah. And I've never, ever seen cats all at the same time that terrified. Right. Yeah, I've never seen anything <laughs> like that. That's amazing. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah, and and then and then I got another one at home. I um being acreage, my father was staying out the back. And we walked out the back to see where he was camping. And just a similar thing, something in the bush beside us, like as you make footsteps, it makes footsteps with you. But it's heavy and you get scared and, you know, you come back and ask other family members, was it them? And everyone's looking at you saying, no, definitely not. Mm-hmm. So it's almost it's almost like they're beside you, like trying to let you know they're there. But, of course, being humans, it just frightens us. Right, of course. Well, well, sometimes, from from my understanding, based on American Sasquatch encounters, this is either a way of encouraging you to leave an area that they kind of consider off limits to you. Yeah. Or, I mean, there there is always the possibility that sometimes they want to interact. Which do you think was happening yeah. at that time? Oh, look, these days I'm starting to think interact because now for the last four years, I have a special camping spot, which I won't reveal the location because it's it's a really special place that we go. But it's on the Sunshine Coast and it's also very, very, very deep in the forest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're a bit alternative, our family. We go out there. Um, I always like everything to be left as it is in a camp spot. I've raised my children, you know, you don't you don't cut down trees, you don't leave rubbish. I've actually raised all four children with that this is a Yowie's territory and it's their home. Right. So that that's just how that's just how we roll. But when we were out there for the first few times, that's when we heard the digital noises that I told you about. Yes, I've been wanting to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I can't explain these noises. I wish we could have recorded it, but it's a type of noise that if you're fast asleep at about 2 a.m., we sat directly straight upright in our campsite, all the hairs raised on our neck and arms, and it, it sounded like a digital firework across Star Wars, and, hmm. and it was right beside us. It was bang, right beside us. Wow. And, you know, I was scared. My husband was scared. He's a big man, and he just went, what the F is that? Right. And... And we're in the middle of absolute nowhere. Like nobody could even find us. And then the sound the sound started to surround us. And that, and that's when I was really terrified. I was scared. And then we heard a tree come crashing down. A massive, massive tree dropped to the ground. And then after that, I actually grabbed my two smallest kids and put them in our four-wheel drive. I thought, bugger this, I'm going home. <laughs> and then and then beside me to the left. I could hear something moving heavy right beside me walking and so did my husband. And I didn't want to turn around because I was too scared. I'm just like, look, it's two o'clock in the morning. It's pitch black dark. I'm terrified. But after that, everything went completely silent and absolutely nothing, nothing. That was it. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. I want to try to narrow in on exactly what this digital sound may have sounded like. Now, I know you said you can't describe it, but I want to try to, like, maybe give some examples. Like, uh, when you say digital, what kind of electronic device would you compare it to? Fireworks, big fireworks and noise as they go up and like that. Oh, okay. Noise, echoing. Yeah, it it was bizarre. Hmm. It was bizarre. Yeah, it, it was high pi- high pitched and almost happy, but it scared the pants off you. Right. Yeah. 
Wow, that's. <laughs> I wish I had heard that. That sounds actually really cool. I mean, yeah, I, I'm sure I would have been terrified if I was there experiencing that with you. But you know, like it, yeah, it, it, yeah. But 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 that's not once on that noise. We heard that noise again recently, in really? a very very similar similar um area. And I mean, this place is beautiful. Like where it is in Australia. To me, it's about as close as you get to some of your nice places in USA. It's all forest. It's all crystal clear creeks and rocks, and it's amazing. It's it's just untouched land. We heard we heard the same noise, three of us recently in a creek. Um, it was nearly night time, and we heard it continually, and we just couldn't believe we heard it again. That's that's incredible. Yeah. So I, this this sound, I mean, the way you describe it, you know, it's it sounds like something digital and fireworks. But do you get the impression that it's coming from an organic, living, physical being or something else? Um, well, look, the first thing my husband said was alien, straight alien. <laughs> like there's an alien outside. <laughs> right. That that's what he said. But I mean. If you've ever looked into, you know, Yowie, supposedly, they're definitely not from here anyway. Yeah, you've expressed some thoughts about that. Let's let's hear your view on that. Um, well, I don't think they're from here, but I mean, like where I am, there's a lot of people that have these groups and they they call themselves Yowie hunters. I mean, they share these pictures of Yowies holding people and eating them and you know, they're out there to try and find one and bring it back. I'm a bit different because I, my dad always had his views on them that that are, they're here almost as keepers of the earth. And I don't believe that they're dangerous unless, you know, you're you're going in and actually looking for them or trying to take their family members. That's what I think. And most people don't even believe in them around here. Mm-hmm. That, that's the truth. But I have Indigenous family, and they've always believed in them. Oh, yeah. They, they, I'm sure there are traditions about them. Yeah, like, yeah, they're, they're, you know, they have no ifs or buts that they exist. Right. But they, will, um, they reckon that it depends on, you know, your vibe and your frequency, that they're not going to show themselves to people that are negative and hostile and have bad intentions. That is the same thing that uh, we encounter here in the states. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It's it. It seems very much related to one's energy and one's intention. Yeah. Right. De- wow. Definitely. And you know, as I said, when we go out there, we're very peaceful. My husband, he has actually Native American blood, so his his family was actually from America. Oh, okay. And, and he's. Yeah, he's he's got a pretty cool and calm vibe, and you know we've taught the children to respect the earth, and I I, I would like to think that they understand that's how we feel when we come and stay in their area. But you know, as I said, there's there's always something we hear like we hear them moving rocks when we're sleeping out there at night. Even the tree knocking is another thing that's quite big. The knock knock on trees. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so, so many amazing noises. And then my father and all this forestry is connected that I talk about through Queensland, all these great forests, they all can be like aligned and connected to Mm -hmm. where all these experiences happen. And he said in the 1990s that he used to go out very, very deep in the forestry and he always felt a presence and feeling watched and he and he's quite a big man. And one day he, he went down to a creek to get some water 
and he found two massive like footprint impressions beside him and then he got out of there. Oh wow. Yeah. I would... Yeah, so so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after we spoke the first time, I uh I took a look at your general area on Google Earth and Yeah, it's got some heavy stuff. Oh yeah, like because I do that all the time with Sasquatch and Bigfoot related stuff here in the states. I look at yeah. different areas on on Google Earth. So I looked at your area, and gosh, it just just it, it immediately hit me just how heavy the tree cover is. Like it is such huge. Thick. Oh yeah, it's huge and it's beautiful. Like when it's we started going there because on the Sunshine Coast when it's summer it gets hot. It gets horribly hot. And going out there is just so beautiful and cool. It's like, it's like a different climate. It's lovely. And, you know, we we research the area that we go out and hang out at, and it's basically called the Yowie Triangle by people that go out there. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, there's, there's many stories, but a lot of them aren't like mine. A lot of them are of them throwing rocks and logs and stuff at people. We've never had that. We've never had negative. Right, right. Good, yeah, and 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 again, that seems to have to do with the energy that a person brings to the area. I've I've heard of the same sort of things. Like some people will, uh, you know, they'll 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 be met with aggression and hostility, and other people will only have very pleasant, friendly encounters. So I I think that has a lot yeah. to do with the individual, with the individual, and what they bring uh, to the to the experience. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, we we long to go out there. Like we've got lots of pictures of footprints and impressions, and I'll help you. Sorry, I've got a child here asking me to get him on a horse at the same time. Oh yeah, <laughs> I I can hear it. <laughs> but yeah, if I had it my way, I'd give I'd give away living in society and go out there and live in the bush with them. Oh yeah, a lot yeah. nicer. I could certainly appreciate that, and and I am very much <laughs> I'm very much also on board with your no kill peaceful approach to them that's that's my view as well i i, I think they need to be yeah. treated with respect and uh you know it's not the sort of i really dislike the view that people have who want to go out and kill one just to you know dissect it and uh, prove something yeah well that's a, that that's the thing is it's you get these it's particularly men around here in Queensland and, yeah, groups of them, let's go out, let's hunt. They've asked me for years where to go and that, and I don't give them any information because just simply not interested in that. Good for you. So in in the timeline of your experiences then, what comes next, Miranda? Um. Well, basically, that, that's been like the last that's really been happening to us is just every time we go out there, um, we experienced the noises, as I said, the movement in the creek, the trees. But we have only once when we've been back here asleep, and this was a really, really bizarre thing, we heard the digital noise back here at our actual home. And that kind of blew me away because it's not forestry here. It's 40 acres, mm-hmm. but it's it's not the forestry that we're in before. So that was almost, that's almost like a sign from them. So I believe that they can just travel anywhere. That's what I believe anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a deep, deep mystery, and you've got some insight into it. We don't have it all figured out yet, but, you know, I, I'm I'm glad that you have some insight into what's going on. And th- this digital noise this is fascinating. I've got to learn more about this. Yeah, I know. I know. It's 
It's bizarre and I'd like to be able to record it. I'd like to actually, but it's almost like it happens when I'm not ready always. <laughs> you you mentioned that you have some pictures. Are these Are these pictures that you would be willing to share with me? Yeah, yeah, I'd have to find them. These were just of the footprint. I would love to see that. And would you mind yeah. would you mind if I shared it with my listeners? No, that's fine, not a problem. Great. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, but they they're not they're not uncommon around here. You'd be surprised how many people in Australia have experiences. There's a lot. Yeah, I I don't doubt it. I mean, just looking at the terrain, at the heavily wooded mountainous areas, I mean, I'm not surprised at all. Um, whereabouts are you in America? I am near Mount Shasta in California. Oh, that's right. You told me that. Yeah, well, that's that looks absolutely amazing. I'm jealous. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is such a beautiful area. It's a focal area for a lot of Sasquatch activity. And so that's part of the reason I moved here, actually. I lost I lost everything in in a fire in uh, in a different that's county. Terrible. Oh yeah, and then after that I chose to move to Siskiyou County in California uh, because of the Sasquatch activity that occurs here and the phenomena that occur here in in a general sense in a general paranormal sense. Have you had many experiences with them? I have. Yeah, I had my first Sasquatch encounter when I was seventeen, and uh, it was. Wow. A, yeah, it was a very up close and personal kind of encounter. I was like no more than fifteen feet away from this individual, and uh, wow, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. It was something, and he couldn't care less that I was there. He didn't like it. It was almost like he was waiting for me to come and and stand there by him, <laughs> and he didn't even leave. Yeah. He didn't leave until after I left. So it was kind of an atypical sort of experience. Have you been to Australia? I have not. I really hope I can. You'll have to come over and I'll take you right to our spot. <laughs> oh, you got a deal. Yeah, definitely. You'd love it. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. I would absolutely love that. Yeah, it it, it it's beautiful. There, there's a man that I actually spoke to. Um, you probably would have heard. He wrote a book about the Sasquatch. I think it's a Sasquatch message to humanity. It's just so bizarre. That I went to look at his pictures and I ended up speaking to him about my experiences. And he had been to the exact forestry come from America that I was staying in. Now, that was bizarre. I was amazed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's what I went, wow, I'm definitely, you know, we're definitely experiencing something each time. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You mean, so, so that kind of confirmed your experiences further. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've had a lot of bizarre things in my life. So we see a lot of things in the sky, especially here, all the time. Well, let, let's get into that a little bit. What, what else is going on? Um, we've seen over the last, you know, the last 20 years, it has been absolutely quiet as at night. And then the whole sky, like the whole background, the paddock will light up green. Just absolutely, like, amazing. And mm. when it when it first happened, when we were only young, my husband and I, we got straight in the car and left. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Terrified. <laughs> That's what we used to do. We used to just run. <laughs> I can understand. Yeah, we're not so we're not so bothered by it now. So, did you say that the whole light kind of lit up green, or the whole sky kind of yeah, lit up green? Yeah, the whole sky. Yeah, yeah, from mm. pitch black to green. Yeah, that, we've seen it happen here, even on the highway while we've been driving cars, and we can't even understand how did every other vehicle not see that. 
that's interesting that you say that because I experienced a similar thing in Southern California once where the whole sky just lit yep. up green one time. I, I don't know yeah, what that's about. Yeah, yeah. No, like I've I've had that lots and lots of UFO activity, heaps and heaps, seen so many that it's not even funny. But a lot of the time what I'm seeing, if I'm there, you know, just say with a friend or something, they miss it. And mm. that's what I don't understand. That's bizarre to me. Right. I'm like, how did you not see that? Yeah, so these, these are the type of things that, that happen all the time. And I dream about them too, so... You dream about these in these sightings in the sky? Um, I dream about more about meeting, um, let's just say, people that aren't from Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for many years, many, many years. Really? Uh, is... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> many years. And I've started to just, you know, look forward to it now, if that makes sense. It does make it's sense. It's like messages. Yeah, it's like messages to me. I think that the Earth is in a pretty serious crisis state. And I believe they've been trying to message and get through humanity for a long time. And it hasn't always worked. Right. Yeah. I am right there with you on that. So do these, yeah. these dreams that you have, do they have like a common theme? What are some commonalities between all these dreams? Oh, I've had some scary ones, particularly with the sky being red, which frightened me for a long time. Lots of floods from the like the east coast of Australia. Horrific floods. Like I'm talking where the sea line rises that much, there's ice and destroys everything. I had about two years of that. And then after that, uh, meeting blue beings. I don't know who they are, but lots of them. And even Yowie dreams. When I first used to go out camping, before I heard noises, I'd just dream about them. Hmm. Really? Yeah. You mean? Yes. Do you mean to say that you had dreams about these sounds before you had ever heard them? No, just about them. Just about the Yowies being there uh-huh. and circling our camp. Yeah. Gotcha. And this happened. I be- know. <laughs> this happened before that. This had yes. ever happened in your waking yeah. life. Oh. Uh, yeah, it happened all while I was asleep. It was all dreams. Right. And then the noises started after that. Wow. Well, that in itself says something right there, doesn't it? Yeah, see, I just thought it was nothing. I just thought I have weird dreams. I've always had um, very vivid dreams uh-huh. my whole life. I, I was a sleepwalker as a kid, a sleep talker, everything. It's almost like another world for me when I go to sleep. And a lot of people are like, what? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. I wake up tired. It's like I, I go places when I sleep. Yes. That uh, I, I can appreciate what you mean by that. Like, like you're not resting, you're doing something. No, I know. It's ridiculous. And I can wake up tired all the time. And like the last ones I had, you know, extraterrestrials were of the, um, the cat people, the Lyrian race, I think, or Lyran, they call it. Hmm. And that was pretty amazing. A pretty special dream. <laughs> can we can we hear about that dream? Um, yeah, this is just so bizarre, but sitting almost in a medieval setting, these dreams come in. And if you know much about well, I think they call them Lyran, the cat people. They were still like, you know, seven, eight foot tall in the dreams. And they had these beautiful, like almost like a sword holders that they were holding of like ornate gold and leather. 
but they were peaceful, but they were just standing around a big table with the humans just discussing the earth. And that I also found in this dream, I was with my dad in it, that if I wanted to, I could morph into one of them as well. So it was really, it was really different. You mean you could morph into one of the Lyran people? Yes, yes. And that was, that was really amazing because I actually have an animal rescue here in Australia. Wow, yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm a full-time volunteer for a rescue that I started 12 years ago and the main the main thing that i find abandoned and neglected is cats uh you mentioned the cats so are there other other animals included in this rescue uh yeah we do cats dogs poultry and horses Mm -hmm. i'm just wondering and and these are uh this is uh, at your at your house yeah yeah where i live yes okay i'm just wondering if that might be a factor in the yowie activity that you have there and the running on the roof and the the the, the yowie inside the tree line etc i wonder if they're drawn to the animals they could be they could be it's it's hard to know but when we go out camping when i find them at my other spot like we're a fairly long way away we only take the dogs camping with us mhm sure yeah nothing else right yeah yeah but i believe i believe they like animals i mean i don't believe as i said going back to the yowie hunting groups they seem to think that they come in they steal all your animals i don't believe that i don't believe that at all i never have believed that yeah that that's just my view i don't believe they're here to to come in and and take people's pets Right, yeah, not without reason at, at, at any rate. Going back to the light in the sky that you saw, I wanted to ask you, and forgive my ignorance, but how close are you to the, I don't know exactly what it's called, the the Southern Borealis, it's like the Australo Borealis or something like that? Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we're, we can't see it where we are. Like in Australia, Queensland, we're the North Right State. Right. So yeah. that's the bottom, we're not near that. That's what I thought, that that was probably far, yeah, no. far south of you. I'd, I'd love to see it. I mean, I, I, have, I have Googled that beautiful thing so many times, and I'd love to be able to see it in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel the same way. But uh, it sounds like that wasn't a factor. No. So what other things have you seen in the sky? It's just usually where we are, you know, lights that, that come up and they'll sit stationary. And then all of a sudden they'll either go left, right, up, down, or they'll just straight disappear. And not just not just at night. We've seen them in the daytime as well. Oh wow. Yeah. And I, yeah. And like, you know, we've tried to video them off phones and that, which is absolutely useless around here. Or just sit and watch them. But sometimes, you know, it's it's a few of us, a few, not just one person, like a group of us witnessing it. But this doesn't surprise us anymore. I know it sounds silly, but it's not really exciting when you've seen it that much. Uh, well, as an <laughs> as an as an enviable position to be in for for uh... yeah, I'm I'm used to it. Same as like hearing all the noises when we go camping. I got friends that are like, oh wow, it's so scary, but it's like no, this is this is nothing. <laughs> right. We. We enjoy it. I think where my husband and I are not from here, we've always felt that. So we don't fit in here. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you on that. Yeah. You know, yeah. There, there are, it seems that there are certain individuals who are sensitive to certain kinds of experiences. 
Um, yeah. And, you know, people who have dreams and encounters with beings and see UFOs, these also tend to, pe- t- tend to be the people who also see Sasquatches and Yowies. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I do think it just comes down to your vibe and, and what you believe in. And obviously they've got to protect themselves as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, see, like, I believe they have families and everything, and people are just like, you know, what are you on about and laugh at it. But I don't care if people laugh about it because I just don't believe that they're, you know, ready to accept it. They just haven't evolved to that point. There is another aspect to the question of hominids in Australia. Uh, There is also, from what I understand, uh, a little, a, a small type of being that people experience in Australia. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, I, I know about the smaller ones over here. They call them the gingita. Gingita. Yes. Oh, okay. Have you encountered them? Um, I don't think so. The closest thing I think to a small one is probably the one I told you about when I was 11 years old. That wasn't big. But the ones that we've felt around us now, the ground-shaking ones that can push down a tree, they're big. Oh, yeah. Those are not the little they're, ones. They're big. No, they're big. And um, even the structures, like my husband always goes walking when we're away. And how do you explain the structures you find? Like, yeah, they cross, Well, they cross the trees over. It's almost like they kind of knock them, like, don't they, on the path. It's bizarre. Yeah. And another thing I probably didn't mention Stone is, thing, yeah, there's the stones. He went one time, took us on a big walk. Well, we found this most bizarre stone mound. It was like someone had placed all these rocks and made a grave, but it was huge. Wow. In the middle of absolute nowhere. And after we'd been there, that night is when we got the digital sounds. Interesting. I reckon that was a how about you don't go back there again. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's another thing I didn't mention. Our dog, he's a big mastiff. He was absolutely terrified oh okay yeah yeah he went he went from barking and patrolling the camp to that night with those digital sounds to yelping like a little tiny baby trying to get in the camp with us and and that's not like him right right you said he's a mastiff yeah big tough guard dog he was reduced to a crying puppy a whimpering puppy Mm -hmm. isn't that incredible Wow. Yeah, it is when you hear him bark, 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 and then... Right, right. So, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. My husband just mentioned it, and I kept saying to him, I think that where we've gone walking, we maybe shouldn't have. That is probably a safe bet. They they certainly have their ways of deterring us. So, um, as for actual visual sightings, you've had at least one visual sighting. Did you have any other visual sightings aside from that? Uh, no, to me lately, it's it's all been just the noise beside me. Right. Yeah. Right. I've I've only ever had had the one visual when I was very young. And I just wanted to ask, like, if you were to compare that, I'm sure you're familiar with the Patterson Gimlin film, right? No. No. Oh, it's that really famous Bigfoot film that was filmed in the '60s in uh, right right oh. here. In... Yeah. Yeah, it's walking. It's standing upright. Exactly. Exactly. So I just yeah. wa- I just wanted to ask if you were to compare what you saw to the Patterson Gimlin film. Yeah, definitely. Film. It, yeah, spot on. Spot on, right? Spot on, definitely. I don't know how people couldn't believe that. Yeah, spot on. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, definitely. The cut, the color, and everything. 
Well, that's that's interesting. I feel very strongly, and I'm certainly not the only one, that the Yowie and the Sasquatch are one and the same type of being, whatever that happens to oh, be. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know people that have seen the smaller ones, the Jinjitta, and have described them as dancing around their campsite while they were sleeping. So there's a lot of people that have had a lot of experiences, but most people just don't want to speak out because they get ridiculed. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's an all too unfortunate and all too familiar occurrence. But I think people are opening up more and more to this type of thing, at least here in the States. I mean, do you think people are... Well, what pretty naive to think we're the only people that occupy the place hey <laughs> exactly you know like <laughs> throughout all of human history we have shared the planet yeah. with with other hominin species and no uh, it's ridiculous yeah. I, I researched my own blood type that put me right down the rabbit hole i'm i'm a blood type that's not very common and that that was a real eye-opener for me what's your blood type um i'm an a negative oh okay all right. Yeah, but re researching that, yeah, that was really amazing. What what uh, went along with this discovery of your blood type and the characteristics that go along with that? Uh, well, basically, that's some pretty heavy stuff, but I know a geneticist who's over in Germany, and he took me right back um, to Enlil and Enki, and, you know, the actual blood types, how the, this is pretty full on stuff, how the reptilians went with the people that they had created and created the negative blood types. I mean, still scientists cannot, you know, they cannot work out how the negative blood types exist. The rhesus factor, as they call it. One of my sons is a zero negative, and researching him was he's the blood that his blood can be given to all other blood types. So it's it's pretty amazing stuff. But I mean, you know, as I said, the deeper you dig, the more you can learn. And I was raised uh, raised religiously, so it's been interesting. But I read a lot too. I like to learn and learn. Oh yes, good, good. Yeah. You're... So. <laughs> And as for your blood type, you, you're connecting this to like an ancient Sumerian uh, type of thing? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the Sumerian Anunnaki, yeah. Right. The real, the real things that happened and why they come here. And, I mean, you can go so far back into the, they call them like the galactic wars and everything. And, and even the way the Bible was written, like that these stories all come from somewhere. They've just changed and changed and changed, you know. and you know, same as people say, oh, you know, Jesus, was he real? And I said, I believe he was real, but I don't believe he was from here. No, definitely not. I think he was, I think he was trying to, you know, spread a message. And look what happens when they try. So I, th I think it's sad. We've got a lot to learn. Well, I do agree with you on that. We have plenty <laughs> yes. to learn. Yes, that that's what I always say. Do you have any more sightings that we haven't discussed, like um, in terms of what you've seen in the sky? Um, not really what we've seen in the sky, but, you know, as I said, I have other friends who have had other experiences. I even know a lady, and this is a really full-on story, who believes one night she was in a bad situation that one of them took her from something happening in a forest and saved her life. And that was something that nobody ever believed from her, which was really sad. She was laughed at for that. 
Wait, you're saying this was, was this a Yowie that saved her life? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yep, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, 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 yeah. What did the Yowie do? Apparently picked her up and took her away from a a bad group of men in a very, 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 very heavily wooded area where she never would have got out of. Wow. Yeah, nobody ever wanted to discuss it. Uh, I wonder, so you know this woman, correct? Yeah, yeah. And the funniest part about that is her dad was actually known as one of these Yowie researchers back in the day. Apparently, he has photos of, um, uh, you know, one that they apparently found years and years ago in New South Wales in a place called the Blue Mountains. Mm -hmm. So there's so many stories. There really is. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, particularly in Australia. But if you can ever come here, you'd probably have a ball. Yeah. Oh, I would love it. That would be like a dream come true. I would love to check out yeah. all the areas you're talking about. Well, you're all, you're always welcome to come over and stay here for nothing. I don't even know how people can go anywhere though during this COVID. So. Yeah, that's that creates an obstacle. But you know, if yeah. I if I can <laughs> if I can get my my way to Australia, I'm gonna take you up on that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I know you're always welcome. But, yeah, we're in lockdown here ourselves. I didn't even know about it because I don't watch the news. Right. Oh, you're you're actually but, in lockdown right now. Yeah, right right now, uh, in five minutes, we're in lockdown at 4 p.m. in Australia. And the the army has been deployed in the state under us. Like, it's, it's crazy here. No kidding. So you have a curfew yeah. and lockdown and all yeah. that. Yeah. It's crazy. It's horrible. Are the are the cases increasing the the cases of COVID? Yeah, oh, wow. apparently they are. But because I'm a bit of a hermit and I don't actually have TV channels, I only really use Facebook and Netflix. I miss out on all of this. <laughs> right. Well, sometimes that's for the best. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like I I find it very negative. But every time I hear about it, I want to pack up and go back out to my Yowie friends and just stay out there. I really don't want to come home anymore. You know, my big fear is introducing COVID into the Sasquatch slash Yowie population. I, I, I'm yeah, I'm terrified of that happening. I, I believe they're fine. I believe, I believe they're on a density so far above us that they'll be okay. I certainly hope that's the case. Yeah, that's my opinion. I think us humans are just too low a density. Sometimes I'm ashamed to be one. <laughs> Yeah, I I hate to say it, but I I really <laughs> feel the same way. I mean, I'm embarrassed yep. for people much of the time. I am. That's why I prefer to hang out with animals and talk about aliens because not many people are interested. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've always got somebody to talk to and me, Miranda. If you yeah. ever if you ever yeah, need somebody def- to def definitely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Excellent. Uh, I wanted to ask you, and and I I think this will be my last question because you got a ton of stuff going on, and and you've 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 been a huge trooper in in sticking, you know, sticking through all the stuff you've got going on to to also uh, participate in this conversation. So I really appreciate that. Uh, yeah. My question is, you have you know people who who have encountered the the small beings. So I just want to know what they look like. What did your friends tell you about the small beings and what they look like? Uh, different fur, gingery fur. Hmm. G- gingery fur 
very cheerful, chirpy, almost childlike in in funny voices and noises and mischievous, naughty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and there's there's a there's a place where I live on the Sunshine Coast where another person kept reported. He kept trying to climb this mountain, and everyone thought he was crazy because he said these little things keep coming out and throwing pebbles at him. Like mm-hmm. they, they call them, yeah, the gin jitter. They call them the Aboriginals. The gin jitter. Am I saying that correctly? Gin- Gin jitter, yeah. Gin jitter. I can, I can, yeah. I can always ask, you know, more people and get you more information. Oh, I would love that. Thank you so much. Yes, please. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so many stories, but as I said, people are afraid of the ridicule. I don't really care about what others think, so it doesn't matter to me. Right. Well, good. Good for you. Yeah, if you can... (laughs) You can get other people's stories for me or send other people my way and all that for stuff. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. And do you, do you have a page or anything that people can follow? Because that would be amazing. Yeah, actually. Uh, well, my, my podcast is called Type 471. So you can look for okay. you can look for Type 471 wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts, or you can go to my website, Type 471. Well, maybe you can send me that. Absolutely. Yes, I'll do that. Um, so it, it's, right. it's type471.wordpress.com, and I will send you the link as well. All right. Thank you. I've got all my horses here at the fence telling me to hurry up. Okay. Well, thank you so much for... <laughs> for sticking with me despite all the stuff you have going on. Miranda, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And I... No, thank you. Thank you. And I'll see what, what other stories I can gather for you. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. And, and when you find those pictures, I want to see them. Yeah, I will. I'll get on to that as well. Thank you. Thank you so much, Miranda. Have a good one. All right. All right. You too. Bye. 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 Miranda is clearly a very busy person, and I really appreciate her taking the time to speak with me. In the latter part of this episode, we'll be hearing from David, a self-proclaimed skeptic who nonetheless had a very disturbing encounter in Fort Bragg. David, I understand you've had a very interesting experience, and I really like that you tell me that you're a skeptic, because that tells me that you're not someone who's out looking to have this kind of experience, but uh, a number of years ago, you had an experience in Fort Bragg that you were telling me about. Why don't you go ahead and tell us about that? Yes, yeah, so um, I want to say roughly 15 years ago, I I remember it might have been in like the 2005 area. I don't I don't remember exactly, uh, but I had a childhood friend that had moved to Fort Bragg, and I was out visiting him. And it's a it's a small town, so pretty much we're just looking for. I mean, we're in a small town, but you know we're looking for things to do. We're young kids. Um, 2005, I would have been about 21, 22 there. You know, and uh, um not doing the math in my head. It's not too important. Basically, uh, I heard about this abandoned haunted house and I was like, all right, you know what? I'm super into, uh, checking this place out, you know, um, just to see what's up. And by and large, the house was exactly what I expected. It was abandoned, uh, for a number of years, windows broken out, floorboards, missing plants growing in through the walls, uh, I don't know how long it had sat empty. Um, obviously it had been a local hangout spot. There was graffiti all over the walls, beer cans all over the place, you know, just a general state of disrepair where people would go and hang out. 
and and through throughout the house there was really nothing that stood out uh as strange to me um i i didn't get any bad feelings i didn't get anything like that but once we were done with the house we decided to walk around the property it was well after dark at this point uh we're using flashlights um it was before the days of modern smartphones or at least uh before i had access to one so you know we're using flashlights i had a little tiny camera with me that i was taking photos and exploring the property way off in the back we found a shed and it was a large shed um probably something that you could park two vehicles in lengthwise like it was it was longer than it was wide um and the door was all the way at one end of it so we enter the shed and immediately the atmosphere changed and as as you said you know i'm a skeptic uh i I wasn't out looking for this experience uh but um to me it felt like the temperature dropped um all the the hairs on my body started standing on end they're actually standing on end just recounting this right now that's how powerful this feeling was and for that split second as we first entered the shed and I I swept with my flashlight I had the distinct impression of a person of a human person up in the rafters like perching on the rafter um like almost on all fours like he would have been like squatting down with his hands between his legs and for that for that fraction of a second it was like somebody was leering at me like a vulture or something just lurking and both my friend and I looked to the exact same spot at the exact same time we both turned and we looked at the exact same area and 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 our flashlight showed nothing and there was this there was this general pervading sense of wrongness in the shed that I like I don't really have an answer for it I it was it was just that briefest of moments you know it was a, it was very very quick but the air was wrong I don't know how to describe it um I did like I said I had my little digital camera with me and I because I had been taking pictures of the rest of the house I snapped a few photos in there none of the ones in the shed turned out every single one was blurry out of focus and yeah it could be easily um explained as it was dark we're in flashlight it's an older digital camera but you know one in retrospect, all the photos that were inside the house in the exact same situations came out just fine. Um, and I'm only bringing this up because that's something that I have heard is kind of a recurring theme with things that are of this nature. And I don't really have a description for if I saw anything, what it was, but it was. 15 years ago and it still gives me the chills talking about this because that's that's the bottom line is the air was wrong the energy was wrong the feeling was wrong everything about that shed was wrong and that was the point where we had 
decided to leave. It was just kind of a, we didn't, we didn't even explore it. We just kind of shined the flashlight around for a minute. We looked at each other and we're like, yeah, no, nothing here. And we start walking quietly back to the car. And about halfway there, um, my buddy just kind of casually is like, did you, did you see anything in there? And I was like, no, did you? And, and we just kind of had that moment where we were looking at each other. I was like, no, I don't, I don't think I, I don't think so. But, you know, it, it just kind of stands out to me because we both looked at the same spot at the same time. He brought it up. I wasn't even going to bring it up because, you know, I'm sitting here thinking that, well, that's weird. That obviously there was nothing there. But I can't. The energy is what I just keep coming back to. Um, I can't explain it. It wasn't right. <laughs> You've yeah. almost got the hairs standing up on the back of my neck. That's uh, yeah. that that's that's quite something. And there are a number of things actually about this that do come up again and again in these types of experiences. You mentioned the camera. Uh, also, the temperature difference t- comes up again and again in these experiences. Um, and the feeling, of course, of just wrongness, of some energy just not being right. That's, that's something that comes up often as well. So you saw something, let's call it an entity, out of the corner of your eye for, yep. a, for a split second. Um, I know that you say you don't have much of a visual impression, but if you were to just focus on that fraction of a second, freeze it in, in your mind, what are all the things that you see there about this individual? Uh, things that you're sure you saw and things that you're not sure you Teeth. saw. Teeth? Teeth. Absolutely. The the grin, the mouth, the the um the rictus that the face was pulled back in. Um teeth is like if we're just going with emotion, impression, feeling, teeth is is what i saw it was um possibly a white male um middle-aged average build average everything short hair but just perched like i said in well nobody would be up in the rafters sitting like that first of all you know because there's balance issues it was just crouch down like if, if you were standing and you drop down to your knees and you put your hands flat on the ground in between your legs perched like a gargoyle almost and it's the teeth that I remember is is the most memorable feature. That sounds pretty malevolent. Uh, the teeth, is this, uh, would this, you mentioned a grimace. Now, is this a smile or a distorted smile or a menacing smile or just, you know? Very menacing. Very menacing. Like, like, almost like ecstasy. Um, the emotion, just the overpowering happiness but not a good happiness not a happiness that you or i would want to know it was it was thrilled kind of know? a giddy malevolence it, it sounds like yeah yeah not not something that i would choose if if i had somebody walk up to me in a bar with the way that his face was pulled back like that i wouldn't i wouldn't even say hello 
Oh no! It was it was like something was grinning, like happy that we were there, and that's that's more more than any feature on the face, more than any outfit, more than any physical description. It's that the grin. That's what I saw. Yeah, that is terrifying. I can understand why, even after all these years, it, it, it impacts you the way it does. That is, uh, that's something else. What, what indicated to you that this would have been perhaps a middle-aged male? Um, that's much less vivid in my memory. Like I said, if, if the flash is the smile and the grin. If I actually were to describe the person that I was seeing, um, are you familiar with a musical artist uh, named Danny Elfman? Oh, yes. He was yep. in Oingo Boingo. Yep. Um, basically, like a lot of the stuff that that guy does, but at that point in my life, I was not familiar with that person. But like, if, if you're asking for a general description, like that very drawn face, the way he has his mouth expressions in, in a lot of the music that he makes, um, very caricaturized almost. He's playing a character for sure. Um, but like that sort of narrow angular face um you know i got i got the impression that what i saw was a person who was older than i was but not not ancient not anything like that you know that and it was i'm i'm kind of like i said drawing from years of memory and what sticks in my mind is that flash freeze frame right and that's what i'm pulling off of Right, right. And a lot of times impressions like this can be felt on many levels and not just visually. So, I mean, it, you you may have had an impression that this had been a middle-aged male at some point, even though, I mean, maybe, you know, the, there wasn't a lot of visual information conveying that. Maybe you just knew this and felt it on some level. Does that sound, does that sound uh, like it rings That's true? That's plausible. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because because it was just that quick corner of my eye flash and it was gone by the time I got my flashlight on it, whatever it was, if there was even anything there. Um, it was it was that impression, you know, and that's that's really all I'm going off of. Sure. Yeah. Well, this is quite an experience, and it was something that was experienced by two people. So, I mean, that that right away lends it some credibility. That's that's kind of why it stuck with me is is because in the shed when we walked in there were no words exchanged because we were, we were talking we were you know BSing having a grand old time in the house and for both of us that changed the second that we went into that shed off in the back of the property it just everything changed and we went quiet. We looked at each other and we left and he's the one that brought it up because as I mentioned previously, I wasn't even going to bring it up. And I don't know if he saw the same thing that I saw or if he saw anything, but the fact that he asked if I had seen something and then we never really discussed it. It was, it was one of those things where at the time we just decided, you know what? It's, time to go home 
it's yeah. time to go. I certainly don't blame <laughs> you there. Yeah, that, that's pretty intense. Now, you mentioned to me a, another experience uh, that was kind of unusual and that stood out in your mind. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that one? Yeah, sure, I can. And actually, this next story is um, earlier today, uh, my dad asked what my plans were for the evening. And I said, oh, there's a gentleman who's doing a podcast about paranormal stuff. And he's like, oh, time you met the devil. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, well, that's that's one of the two stories I told him. Yeah. Um, so, again, just for the sake of your podcast and the set, the fact that you're recording, I would consider myself an agnostic. I don't necessarily believe in a higher power. I don't necessarily disbelieve it. I like things that are nice and rational and explainable. And I think a lot of modern science that I don't necessarily understand, maybe we'll understand it someday. You know, like if you think about what science can do right now, you can take genes from a jellyfish and make a cat glow in the dark. Um, that would be wizardry technology and magic and dark magic to somebody 1,500 years ago. So that's why I, I try and frame everything in that we may not understand it right now, but maybe somebody will. But this is this is the second story. Is I was walking down the street in downtown Seattle, and a homeless man walked up to me. Um, Again, average build. He, he he wasn't like super scruffy. He was he was obviously outdoors. Um, just a random generic. I, I do remember this guy for sure. Uh, white male, about five nine, five ten. Um, short hair, stubble, um, ratty clothes. Uh, and and he walks up to me and he says, uh, "Excuse me, sir." Um, I don't mean to bother you. I'm not asking for money. I don't need anything from you. All I'm asking for is two minutes of your time. And in those two minutes that he talked to me, he explained completely unprompted uh, how God or a higher power or a creator can exist in a logical, rational, scientific universe that has rules and it has laws. And there's not just creationism and things happened because somebody says they happened. Um, and he explained it to me in a way that I said, you know what? Holy shit. That made sense. Oh, um, I jumped ahead of myself when he said, all I need is two minutes of your time. And I said, no problem. He introduced himself to me and he said, first, before I tell you anything, I need you to understand that I am the devil. I am Satan. I am Lucifer. I am the morning star. I am whatever you want to call me. And all I have is some things that I know that you need to know. And then he proceeded in his story to explain how God could exist. Not not necessarily that he did. That's the important distinction. He explained how it was possible. And I said, wow, okay. Because the reason this story sticks with me is um, I've known religious people all my life. And while I don't discount them for their faith and I don't judge them for that, um, nobody has ever managed to meet my 
one requirement that internally I don't tell people up front when I'm debating religion or theology or faith or anything like that because I don't want them to try and intentionally steer me in a direction. It's just a checkbox in the back of my mind. Um, and my requirement was that all I'm looking for in a theological debate is for somebody to explain to me rather than just say, oh, you need faith. I don't need proof. That's the difference. I don't need proof that a higher power exists. I need the plausibility. I need somebody to explain to me in a way that I'm like, all right, you know what? That holds weight with the way that I see the world and existence as we're in. And the only person in my life that has ever done that, more importantly, done that unprompted in a random street side encounter, introduced himself to me as the devil. And that kind of bothers me because it raises that question of what if. Um, and it's, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I do try and be a good person, but it's the what if the stories and the Bible and all that, maybe they're not exactly 100% literal true as it is written in the book of God as people know it, but what if there's enough of it to have some substance to it, and the only person who made me go like, all right, you know what, that made sense, told me up front that he was the devil, and he just needed me to know, and that's all he needed. Interesting. Well, can I take a shot at it? Mm -hmm. Okay, so we know that existence exists because we exist, and as such, existence must exist infinitely. There is not a place where existence exists and then existence ends. Existence, whatever it is, exists infinitely. And we know that free will exists because we have free will. We know that consciousness exists because we have consciousness. And I feel that if one carries through the, the logical train of thought to its natural conclusion without making assumptions, one must conclude that infinity, existence, embodies all possibility. In other words, if the possibility of consciousness exists, then existence itself must be conscious. If the possibility of free will exists, then infinity, existence, must have free will. So infinity, existence itself, is a conscious individual with free will that embodies infinite possibility. Now, if you imagine existence itself as an individual, then you can imagine how existence being self-aware would desire to make others like it. So imagine existence... Uh, creating other individuals such as itself and then creating a nursery in which these individuals such as itself may develop as individuals. And I feel very much that the material universe is a nursery for fledgling consciousness. So we enter this physical experience to become like this infinite existence, this infinite individual 
that is existence that we call God. Does this make sense to you? Yeah, um, it is slightly different from the way that I see it and the way that it was explained to me, but you know, I, I don't necessarily take issue with the statement that you just made. Right. And I don't intend this to be an all-encompassing explanation of God. I just mean yeah. that it is a possible way, it is one possible way in which a oh, yeah. in which a person may begin to become aware uh, along these lines. Abs- absolutely. The, the possibility is there, yes. Right. Well, this has been incredibly interesting, David. I appreciate you reaching out to me with these uh, experiences of yours. Yeah, no problem. Really, it was it was the teeth story. The hair went up, and I was like, yeah, I got a story for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved hearing it, and I, I know everybody else is going to love hearing it as well. David, thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, no problem. All right. Take care. Yeah, thank you. Look for Type 471 wherever you prefer to get your podcasts, and be sure to follow Type 471. Also, visit type471.wordpress.com to access full episodes, to subscribe to be notified of new episodes, and to report your experiences to me. Just visit the Report Your Experience page. Finally, please check out my YouTube channel. Look for the Type 471 Podcast YouTube channel to see all images associated with each episode. You can also report your paranormal or unexplained experiences to me through my YouTube channel. Please be sure to subscribe to Type 471 Podcast on YouTube. I'm Sam Kitchen. Thanks for listening to Type 471.